welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Welcome to the podcast. So grateful that you're here and I'm so excited about this week's episode with beautiful couple Ina V and Howard Lip. There they have been on their path of recovery, healing, awakening for over 25 years and they're sacred musicians and also integrative spiritual guides and teachers and they're crafting medicine music and deepening presence within the community. It was such a beautiful talk uh, with them. I was so happy that I got to learn from them and also got to listen to their beautiful new album which is a journey it's a it's a healing and really uh inner journey that you can take when you're listening to that music that music medicine and we talk about what sacred sound is uh what it is to also use your voice and and chant sounds we're talking about healing addictions through plants and also uh a little bit about shamanistic healing, uh, altered states through music. And yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful talk. And I really hope that you get so much healing just from this conversation. And if you want to check out Ina and Howard, you have the links in the show notes and you can listen to their beautiful medicine music. And I also want to take just a few seconds to talk about my beautiful show sponsors Ace of Air Uh, it's a newly launched beauty and wellness brand and they're committed to products that put people and planet above all their line of clean vegan and cruelty free skincare and supplements have been synergistically formulated at the intersection of herbalist wisdom and modern science focusing on rituals that work from the inside out Inspired by Mother Nature's ability to create abundance without waste, Ace of Air is the first and only beauty and wellness brand designed to be entirely circular and fully zero waste. You can explore and learn more about Ace of Air at aceofair.com and find them on Instagram, Ace of Air. And with the new moon we had this week in Taurus, it's about honoring and devoting ourselves to the mother, the earth mother. It's about getting into nature and once again becoming one with nature, which we all are, our bodies made from nature, things and, and things, stuff from nature, products from nature. And small conscious decisions that we make in our daily lives, such as choosing Uh, consciously what beauty and wellness products we use uh, really helps to change everything because it everything starts from 
us within us. So Ace of Air is really a beautiful, beautiful community and brand that really is supporting that uh, regenerative and, and circular uh, path that we have to take now. And I want to read a small quote from my book, The Love Positivism. When we surrender, we also release the need to control and we become more empowered. This quote I'm reading to you just to take this time in this Venusian Taurus season to also release and let go and ground down, go out in nature and let her heal you and get your body back into balance. Listen to the sounds in nature. Just feel the earth. And I have the links in the show notes if you want to check out my book, which is available to pre-order right now. And it will be released right after summer solstice in June. And um, everyone who's pre-ordering the book will receive an oracle card reading. So if you do pre-order it now, you can connect with me on Instagram or email me. And I will draw three oracle cards for you. Enjoy this week's episode. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shireen. Hi, Shireen. Thanks for having us. It's really good to be here. So lovely to have you here, and I'm excited to talk to you today. And I would love for you to share any daily mindfulness practice that you have. Yes. Well, the practice that I, I do each day, preferably in the morning, is a breath and meditation practice. And I also have a small group where I gather with the community and we do meditation practice and we also explore deeper teachings of presence in the everyday present moment awareness. So it's a good practice to integrate into each moment. And with a four-year-old, I really need that practice. (laughs) And for myself, I do Qigong. And then I really use present moment awareness, which is paying attention to my breath and being as present as I can be to watch my mind. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so grateful to have you here to talk about uh, your journey and everything that you're doing. It's so amazing. So I would love for you to maybe start sharing who you are and what you're doing, what, what is your mission? Like, wh- wh- why, what are you creating in the world? Well, who am I? Howard, I've been a music producer for a very long time. Before that, I was in the tech industry as an electronic engineer. But I've been a musician my entire life, and music has always called me Our mission is really to let go of the mind as a guidance system for living, to let go of the unexamined mind and the false self, to live authentically 
in presence. That's our mission. Mm. And to help others do the same. Thank you for sharing that. And I would love to know your journey into it. Like how did everything start and what exactly are you creating right now? Well, my journey into it really started with um, my own healing from addiction, leading me to presence, leading me to plant medicine work, leading me to examine my unexamined mind and start to deconstruct what caused me such suffering that I chose addiction to not be in pain. And through that, I found that most of us, or at least most of the people I knew, especially in the recovering community, had the same struggles with a mind that would not let up, that would not stop being their worst enemy or my worst enemy. And so in seeking to deconstruct what was causing that, I was led to plant medicine, I was led to shamanism, I was led to Ayurveda, I was led to a number of different practices that kept pointing me inward. And I wanted somebody else to give me the answer, but that wasn't going to happen. I actually needed to be led inward to find the answers with some guidance. And through that, I had been making music and uh, the awakening that I had had along the way shifted my focus in music to uplifting, inspiring, spiritual, devotional, and fun music. And that's how I met Ina, who's had her own interesting journey to find me. And you could say that the universe conspired for us to meet mm. through very circuitous means, mm. but in the most interesting and most heart-opening way that I could have ever imagined. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. And Ina, you can maybe share your journey and uh, all, all the way up until you met. <laughs> yes, well, you know, we all have a story and it's each one of our stories is powerful to share because, you know, it speaks, especially in, in upon reflection and in retrospect, we see how there is a, a guidance, a divine guidance, if you will, occurring especially when we're going through it we may not feel that divine guidance or presence but when we look back we get that privilege or opportunity to really see presence the essence of life living through us guiding us and i am so grateful to be able to share my story here and to be reflecting upon it. Um, you know, I, I grew up, Howard and I have very similar upbringings and backgrounds, even though the narrative looks sort of different on the surface, but we have lived very similar things, experiences, adventures, in, in some ways, trauma. Um, my experience growing up, I grew up in a very religious home, but I was surrounded by a lot of devotional music from a very early age, age three or four. And I was immersed in this music my whole life. I, I was very sheltered, so I didn't, I wasn't allowed to watch television very little. I wasn't allowed to listen to very much music outside of religious music. 
although my father slipped in some jazz standards here or there. And I went to Christian schools. And so by the time I graduated from my undergraduate degree, I, I really wanted to go and have a break from school and living in the city and just to kind of find myself, if you will. And I moved to Hawaii. And uh, within the first day that I arrived on the big island of Hawaii, I had an experience that was a big heart opening experience. This man asked me a question and he said to me, you know, what if everything you've lived, everything you've known to be the truth is all a lie. And it was this deep heart opening, mind opening, in fact, in some ways, mind altering experience because I was not searching to shift my beliefs or my understanding of life outside of the tradition in which I was raised. But this just cracked uh, the light as, as Leonard Cohen says, the, the poet and musician, he says, everything, um, there's, a, there's a crack in everything. And in this crack is where the light gets in. I'm paraphrasing his poetry. It's a beautiful poem that he wrote. And the light cracked in for me in that moment and sent me on an odyssey that I often say I'm still on to this day, but I explored through uh, Buddhism, meditation, through yoga, through shamanism, through plant medicine as well, uh, indigenous studies. I got my master's in indigenous science. I wanted to learn from the earth-based traditions because I had been raised in the sky god traditions i wanted the balance of the mother and of the ground and of the body and of the breath and so all of that really eventually led me to meet howard we met in recording studio i was home from europe in los angeles and i was singing my songs and mantras and devotional music in yoga studios for shavasana and this was in around 2007 and 8 and people were asking me for recordings and I didn't have any recordings of the songs I was singing. And so I thought, well, maybe I should go make some recordings. And that's how Howard and I met. We met through a, a mutual friend, also a yogi, and he was making some music with Howard at the time. And so we met in the studio. We really met in the fire and the alchemy of creation and worked together as creatives not romantic really as a creative partnership for a couple months and got to know each other deeply without sometimes the distractions of romance <laughs> and this just created a, a place of safety and trust and an ability for us to dive in deeply and, and get to know each other and then from there a relationship formed and that was 13 years ago actually may 9th was our the anniversary of us meeting. So that's a little bit of my background and how we came together. Mm, it's beautiful and happy anniversary. That's <laughs> thank you. How, how many years is that in total? 13 years. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And what a journey you both made in, in different ways. Um, it's, it's so interesting that you're talking about your um, upbringing because I was, I'm, I'm really interested in, in watching documentaries about different um, 
societies and lifestyles. And I was watching a documentary yesterday about um, the different, there was different Christian minorities in the US and, and the city, there's some cities that are um, like built on Christianity. I, I was I was surprised because I live in a country which is very secular. So it's really interesting to see and how did you have you ever found like the synchronicity in in Christianity? I mean, now there's there's so many new. Uh, I'm reading Mary Magdalene Revealed, um, and um, it's it's really it's like everything is the same, but it's been translated in such different ways and interpreted in such a different. Um, it's it's it it's like everyone practices it in their own way, of course. But I'm wondering if that your upbringing also has um, affected, and also have you seen the synchronicity be- between what you learned and what you've studied yourself? Hmm. That's really a beautiful question, Shireen, and and I love how you're connecting those two perspectives in a way um there was a period of time where when i left uh i had what i call my first awakening not that i'm counting my awakenings but it was really just this moment of of divine awakening and i say that because i wasn't consciously seeking to awaken and yet by grace by the deeper consciousness within me through presence perhaps i was ready I, I had this peek into another perspective. And, you know, there was a time where there was a lot of anger and grief when I left and awakened. And when I say I left, when I left the community and I left the church because um, there was just a lot of trauma and, and I, I use this word abuse lightly. I was not physically or sexually abused, but there was just this deep oppression of my mind, of my spirit, all in the name of of the love of God. So it was this very challenging moment in the early years of my awakening. I couldn't say God for many years, and it was just, it was too triggering for me. But over time, especially when I started working with and was led to work with indigenous elders and wisdom teachers who were coming from more earth-based traditions and grounded in nature, that through that time of working with them and healing and having deeper awakenings, I began to see that deeper in the Christian teachings, deeper in the Buddhist teachings, deeper in the Sufi teachings, in Kabbalah teachings, in Taoism, of course, shamanism, that there is an arrow that's pointing to nature. It's all pointing to the nature that is within us, that we are nature, and that we can derive our understanding of being alive, of being here, of being connected to the source of all of life 
through nature. And this was one of the deepest guiding principles, I, I think, for, for a lot of, if not most of my journey and very healing and was a guiding force and a, a healing balm for me to be able to return and accept my upbringing as a, an opportunity for me to be steeped in connection to divinity as a child, to be in the sacred space of devotional sound and connection to spirit. And I can say that now, it took me a long time to be able to come to see it for what it is through the lens in which I see it now, outside of the dogma, outside of the doctrine. And, you know, as you mentioned in the United States and in another West, many Western ruled countries, or, or I should say, you know, Christian dominated ruled countries, the, the, the power of the religion is so strong. And to come out and say, I don't believe this, or I don't, this is not the only truth. You know, for me at the time coming out of the community and my family was not, I didn't want to leave them. I didn't want to, in a sense, forsake them or turn my back on them. But in a way, there were many years where I couldn't come back because I wasn't, part of the beliefs and there was a lot of distrust or fear about what I was searching for. So I found a lot of solace. I found a lot of comfort. I found a lot of inner guidance and inner fortitude in connecting with nature in connecting with my body, with the earth and with those guides and elders and teachers who were coming from that place as well and kept pointing me to go within. They weren't pointing me to believe in what they were sharing or follow or become their tradition or, or system. They continued, the, the, the teachers that I were, was gravitating towards, they continued to point me within. And I think that was one of the, the greatest gifts that I've received and, and, and continue to work with and, and through sound, through plant medicine. It's, it's not to create another belief system or entity or energy outside of myself to place my gaze upon as a devotion, but to go within, deep within, underneath the surface of my ego and personality and, and really connect with the essence of what life is. And, and through that, I was able to to find the commonality in my Christian upbringing and in other tribes and traditions that I've walked with and learned from and continue to walk with and learn from. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a beautiful journey and insights that you've had. And also like many of us have uh, grown up with, with, uh, a belief and then that can still spark something and then I think those that are meant to uh, discover and to journey through different I think like uh, this new way of, of living and being is is to not just conform and to find your own path and 
a beautiful thing that one of our monks or swamis uh, in, in the yoga lineage that I'm in talked about is how beautiful it is to have the so many names and and so many manifestations so many faces of the divine to worship um, and and that that's beautiful to 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 devote and worship yourself in so many different ways to one there's like the, in the end it's it's not different it's the same it's just it, I think it, it's it's so beautiful. It, it, there there was a story that um, just to make like the names you talked about that God was something that you had um, a, a strong reaction to because it was that word that sound that had a, um, a relationship to something that you had been experiencing in your life and and in my education they talked about this story about a man that speaks uh, English and goes to another country and is walking in the desert and, and needs really is in, in need for water. And he asks um, the people there for water and they, they show him water and say, agua, uh, like water, <laughs> but he doesn't understand it. And he's like, mm -hmm. no, no, I want water. <laughs> not, not agua. <laughs> But it's it's just the same thing, right? Different names, but the same same. And I love what you talked about um, th this feeling. Like I think many of us that have been on this path, and and for me since I was very young, and and on my like in my teenage years, um, what I always missed was was the the connection to uh the mother like you said and and that presence and i think that's why also this there needs to be a balance and and we can't find that in in the the these um in the in the religions that we've be, most of us in the west have been uh, brought up with so there is a natural tendency to to want to understand nature and to understand the the like yin and yang like the the divine uh unity so i really uh, am grateful that you shared your process and everything and i would also love to know because something that you have been working with uh, i think howard with healing addiction with plants and um, and also the music, of course. I want to hear more about that that journey. Well, music has been a part of my life and my sanity from childhood. Growing up in the synagogue, singing, that's where I felt the vibration most fully. The stories didn't really touch me, but the music did. The ancient melodies and the sounds of the words would touch a place in me that nothing else could. And I had a pretty troubled childhood and started uh, using substances at a very young age to deal with my anxiety and music, making music was one of the only things that kept me from coming completely apart. But eventually not having a connection because I had walked away from my religion after my bar mitzvah, I was raised Jewish in a very observant home. 
And I eventually crashed into a wall with addiction because I was seeking the God through science. I was trying to figure it out that way because religion didn't cut it for me. It didn't answer those questions. And uh, I, I made one attempt at, um, at recovery and martial arts became a big part of it. And that's where I was introduced really to meditation um, and to mindfulness, practice of, of watching the mind, of watching the thoughts, of being the observer of the mind. And eventually, <clears throat> I would come around again to 12-step recovery, which, like religion, didn't really answer a lot of questions and, and, and raised more. That doesn't make sense than it did. Fortunately, abstinence was working for me, but I was introduced to plant medicine at a perfect time because I was really starting to doubt that, that, it was going, that recovery was going to work for me in the, format of, in the form of 12-step. And so I was introduced to my first connection to plant medicine, which was a revelation of being able to actually go in and address the places and beliefs within me that I could not address or even see in the normal state of consciousness. And the beauty of what came along with working with plant medicine is the process of working with plant medicine is really about working with a vibration of sound and resonance as the plants use sound and resonance and work with sound and resonance to affect change in the body and to open places within us that are stuck. So that came into my life at a time when I was working in an area of music that really wasn't the most uplifting or inspiring. And the work with the plants caused me to see that the power of the message combined with the music gives the creator a great responsibility with what you're actually saying because songs are something that people will listen to again and again and again and with the vibration of sound going with it it penetrates very deeply so that's when i switched to devotional music and spiritual music and started to work more with recording and archiving uh, music from the sacred path of the native american church i recorded a road man it was a actually one of the things that inspired Ina when she came to meet me. But it was through working with a medicine man and a shaman and, and assisting him in his work that I learned more deeply about how sound works on the body, what different frequencies can do, what combinations of different frequencies uh, can do to affect the body, the spirit, the consciousness, and the... Uh, the state of mind. Not that I didn't already know that music has tremendous power to change the state of mind. I had been using that since my earliest days of working with music to stay sane. But I learned on a, on a whole different level exactly how sound can be used to help excavate the places within us that are stuck. And the beauty of that gave me an entirely new education in music. Not that I'm trained in music at all. I would say that the plants have trained me more than anything else other than experience in how to use music to affect change, to affect um, transformation, and to open the space for presence to, to be more present, for lack of a better way to say it. Because ultimately, whether it's plant medicine or whether it's a piece of music that just stirs your soul, it is about bringing us present to the moment, 
because I'm not listening to the last note that passed and I'm not anticipating the next one. I'm in the vibration that I'm in in that moment. So the fact that music is a powerful tool to bring people present is one of the great gifts, as well as, of course, the use of melody and not just beautiful melody, but combinations of pitches and, and differing melodic forms that actually have tremendous impact on the psyche and the physical form. And so through that, it helped me strip away the aspects of 12-step that really are still steeped in, in religion, are still steeped in Christianity. And as that started to peel away, I started to be introduced back to the origins of my upbringing, which is Hebrew, Jewish, but then finding a teacher who actually shattered all the mythology that had been laid on me he practices a more aboriginal version of my ancestral practices and so through that i was able to then see the reason why i never connected with the teachings is because the teachings weren't authentic they had been edited and changed over the years for lots of reasons actually my upbringing is really about an earth-based tradition from an aboriginal people who used sound for transformation, who used sound for um, prayer, who used sound for devotion, but who also used sound to connect in the moment that they're in. So it brought me full circle to a whole new understanding of where I came from that helped unlock a lot of why I was so, had walked away, quote, from God when I walked away from the religion because I didn't get the connection. And flash forward to the work with the plants and the work with other teachers, I came to understand that what I had been taught was not the truth. It was translating stories into history as opposed to understanding these stories as mythology. So it had totally transformed how I see the world and ultimately see that underneath it all, the essence of this great mystery is present everywhere and that it's not out there. It's not up there. It's in me. It's in you. It's in everything. And that helped me connect to me, to the authenticity, which helped release the need to medicate and stop feeling and stop thinking. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm taking it all in. It's so beautifully put. Thank you. And um, yeah, sound is is really interesting. If we say that everything is made up by sound and vibration, and something like if we ch let's say that we chant um, in yoga when we chant the name of a deity for example it it is it is not just a sound it's it's uh, the sound is the the physical embodiment of that energy so we don't see it as that and we most people don't know how important it is to use the breath and the the voice uh to it, it can be so healing so how 
just the, this beautiful uh, notion of sacred sound, how would you explain that? Sacred sound. Well, that's a <laughs> that's a big and beautiful question. I I think what I have experienced in sacred sound is the sound is sacred when I open my mind and my heart to, as you were saying, Shireen, to the vibration essence you know in 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 the bible the one of the first sentences of the bible says in the beginning was the word but it's really in the beginning there was sound and the the sound was god if you will and the sound is god that the, that the sound is ising <laughs> You know, I, I see in so many traditions, as you mentioned, there's so many, if not 7 billion ways, as Rumi said, to, to kneel and kiss the ground. So I would imagine there are 7 billion plus ways to meet God. And that some traditions have maintained their practices long enough to pass them on. And some some traditions have died with the tribes or with the groups that carried those traditions and and the ones that are still remaining have the potency and the power of thousands of years of being sung of being meditated upon you know i know in in the hebrew nigun's the the sacred chants that have no words but are special songs that have these different vibrations and and waves of singing that it's as if you're stepping into the river of thousands and thousands of, of rabbis and those who have been singing the nigunim. And it's the same singing the sacred chants of the, the deities, you know, in Sanskrit. You're singing into, you're stepping into the vibration of the song that is never ending. I remember listening, if you're familiar to uh, Krishna Das, and he said, you don't even have to know the meaning behind what you're singing. You don't even have to know how to sing the words in Sanskrit. Just step into the vibration of the river of sound, open your mouth and allow yourself to participate at, at, the, at the entry level, you know, this is not to diminish the depth and breadth of, of the practice by any means, but he's saying it's welcome and open to anyone at any level. All is required is an open heart and an open mind. And that really touched me when he said that, because to me, that was speaking to uh, come as a child. You know, you don't have to understand all the concepts as as children often don't understand the concepts but they are wiser beyond our years in their soul and in their hearts because they come with such an openness a beginner's mind no story attached to anything not even the meaning um, and when we sing these there these deities the names the sacred chants to me what makes them sacred 
is that the intention behind them is to point us to the divinity within that to point us to the resonance of presence and essence within us all because we are all of divinity if you will or of energy and so it's it's training our mind to place the our attention upon essence rather than ego or or energy and sound rather than personality what i want what i need what you're not giving me what you are giving me <laughs> where i'm suffering where i'm not suffering where i want more or i want less and when we sing when we meditate when we breathe when we practice whether it's through sound or movement or opening our hearts in deeper connection with beloveds community that we are placing our attention on the present moment just as children do and I think that to me is what denotes something as sacred in the sense that its intention is to return us to presence. And as you also mentioned too, Shireen, you know, there's so many ways to call God or divinity or presence. There's so many ways. And it is not to get rid of them, so to speak, or grow beyond them. It's to recognize that they're all different ways of pointing to divinity. So we're all standing around the mountain and we all have a different perspective, different traditions, different practices, because look how beautiful and unique we are as humans. How many billions and trillions of stars there are. Why would it be so boring if we all had the same one way of looking, of thinking of believing the trickiness is when it comes when we say you must believe the way i do or essentially i'm going to kill you which is what we do as humans there's no there's no reason to do that because we're really pointing our gaze inward so i don't need to kill anyone or anything um, to make my gaze inward more important than yours in fact i can learn from your inward gaze as a reminder to point my gaze inward. And I think sacred sound in that way can act as a portal. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's exactly, yeah, I feel uh, everything that you said is, is so true. And uh, yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful thing and what you said that like we 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 have this voice and we have the ability to hear uh, so it's not just uh, to communicate with others uh, on this plane uh, it's also a way of communicating with the divine and what you said about um what Krishna Das said, it's it's really true that like when we in bhakti yoga, in devotional yoga, it's actually the easiest way to to connect and to to have that uh, self-realization or the awakening because it's it's a direct way from the heart. Uh, just uh, devoting that singing, it's so it's so meditative. I think if if people are having problems with 
being in stillness in meditation it's uh, like bhakti yoga is a really great way to use your voice at the same time releasing the mind there has you can release your mind because when you get into it it's really like this um altered state which i also wanted to ask you how you see that altered states are being created in us is that through music that you have done that well you know what you just said there i think is is so important for for my practice is to when we're having a challenge of the mind incessantly talking incessantly telling a story and we come into as you said for this example into the devotional into bhakti into mantra singing it gives our mind it gives my mind a job so now my mind is focusing on the mantra or the sound and so my mind is happy <laughs> because it has a job and the job is focusing on the the names the the words and then my heart now can open and I can feel presence because there's more spaciousness. My mind is occupied, if you will, but it's occupied on right focus, right meaning aligned attention. And now my heart can open. My mind isn't chattering and, and filling my head with so, so much fear and anxiety or depression or suffering all of it really and so it, i give my mind a job and it's the same with creating music we're focusing on the mind is focusing on the sound it's the same even in plant medicine our mind is focusing on the breath the body so that our hearts can open and reveal what's blocking occluding my direct connection to source. What's getting in the way of source within me, shining through me, is my mind, is my fear, it are all my stories that have nothing to do with this moment. And when we have these practices, and there's so many beautiful practices, for me and for us, we have found through sound, through breath, through plants, through love, uh, through presence, that we can continually return to what is and step out of the fear of what isn't or what wasn't. And I think that's, for me, what I'm learning and continually returning to is, am I here now? <laughs> Where am I in my mind? And these practices return me to that. And of course, raising a child, being in a relationship, having a job, paying for the gas in your car, insurance, et cetera. You know, we have responsibilities that, that occupy our attention, but we can bring, we don't have to be in a cave or in a ceremony or even in the music studio while we're doing those things or dismissing all of them and going to live in a cave or a studio or a ceremony um, to awaken presence within us. 
that we can invite presence in every moment. Presence meaning energy, being, essence, liveness, God, however, there's so many ways to talk about it. So to answer your question, yes, we utilize, and I'm sure Howard has some reflections on that too. Well, there's so much <clears throat> about music that has the power to just take my mind and carry it down river so that my heart can swell and open into the resonance that's created. And one of the things that, uh, that bhakti music is, is beautiful at is that the different chants invoke a different energy. And it's not the words, and it's not just the music, it's the rhythm of the phrasing, it's the resonance of the sounds that are used for the words, but even if it's just intention on the vibration, the power of music to alter our state, to change how we're thinking, how we're feeling, to bring us present, is incomparable. I've not found anything else without ingesting something that has the power to do that, like music does, like sound does. Even the single vibration of a singular instrument or a singing bowl has such power to shatter whatever garbage is circulating around in my head to just be pulled into the hum into the resonance and that ability to alter the state of mind and also to unite a group of people who are chanting together who are in a room together into a one consciousness is beyond compare in the beauty of being in a devotional circle of any kind, whether it's chanting at a yoga festival or sitting in the synagogue with a hundred other people chanting these ancient prayers, is the unification of that melody and the intention of everyone to create that resonance together creates a, a circulation. It creates a vibration. It creates a particular resonance that unites and opens. And that is the most state-altering experience that I've ever had, consistently. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Howard. And uh, I'm wondering now, as we're coming to the end of the, the conversation, what you are creating right now in this space. Well, we just finished our, or well, actually we, we finished our album a few months ago and we're just about to release it May 19th and, or sorry, May 21st, excuse me. So we're really excited about that. It's our first album of us singing together. We have been singing together for the almost 13 years, but we met under the original connection of my own personal music and message. And so we spent some time recording those albums and touring with some of that music. And so we've, we're really excited to share our album, Sano Ceremonia. It's a, it's a ceremony from start to finish. It was created with the intention and the arc of a sacred ceremony. So you, as the listener can enjoy the album from 
for about an hour, lay down, set an intention, create a sacred space and go on a journey. Of course, when you put music out into the world, it's going to be received and listened to in all kinds of different ways. And that's wonderful. But this was our original intention with the album. And we're also working on a few other projects, albums that have been long overdue that because of COVID changing the way that we do our work in the world has given us an opportunity to slow down and complete some long overdue music compilations that we're excited to finish and continue to offer and and continue creating more music that we we have backed up within us so that's what we've been working on recently and also building our community online we we have created a space for our community and we're opening in the process of opening that more publicly of a spiritual community that's focused on integrating everyday life, integrating plant medicine experiences, integrating spiritual experiences, a community where we give permission to question everything we've been taught to believe, to be safe in a container where you can explore what you're afraid of, what you don't know, what you want to know, all through the lens of of presence and present moment awareness with overlays of shamanism and, and sound healing, meditation, of course. And so we're excited to be working on that project as well. It's through our nonprofit and contributing to creating vibrations that are pointing to oneness and unification as you were speaking of earlier shireen and and returning us to who we really are underneath the personality underneath who we've been told to be so this community for us has been a long term project that we've been dreaming of and wanting to do and and since covid really we've been able now to begin to deepen that vision and and make it a reality Wow, thank you. And I just love your work and your music is so divine. I've listened to this album and it's, yeah, it's really a great way to get into an inner journey and meditate. So I really would love for you to also share, like, how can people find you and listen to your music? Well, thank you for that. It, you, they can reach us at ena and howard.com ena and then and howard.com on our website and we're at ena v and howard lip on instagram and facebook and anywhere that there are music streaming services or itunes things like that they can find us Thank you so much. I will share these links in the show notes. And I want to really thank you for this lovely conversation and everything that you shared. It's so beautiful. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your journey and following you in your journey and learning from you. So thank you so much for sharing everything. I've learned so much today. <laughs> well, thank you for having us, Shireen. It's a beautiful opportunity for us to be here and communicating and sharing with you. We've been 
we've been not as public for many years so we're really excited to come out more publicly now and share our music and our message and our passion and so it's been an honor to have this opportunity to share what we love so thank you for listening and for giving us this chance to speak yes thank you shereen <clears throat> it's been a joy and a blessing to speak with you and really appreciate your reflections about the record thank you so much and we look forward to speaking to you again if the time comes thank you so much for listening today i hope this beautiful story from ina and howard help you to find sacred sound as a means to create more mindfulness become more balanced and using sound mantras singing dancing everything as a tool for healing it's a gift the because this sense is a gift to us it's not just uh, we don't have the voice just to communicate and and the ears just to listen it's also a magical system that helps us to take in the vibrations from everything from the universe from the nature so i hope you take your time and explore this path as well and if you have any questions you can connect with me on instagram at love positivism you can also try two yoga classes and a few medi guided meditations on my youtube channel love positivism and i hope that you have a wonderful and blessed week Om Shanti Shanti Shanti